This is a 315 podcast. My name is Keith and Chris is alongside and we are so glad that you have joined us because you have a desire to know what God's word has to say regarding the issues of this day. As always, we hope that you reach out to us so and Chris will tell you about more about that later on, that you'd reach out to us with questions so that we could address things that are on your heart, things that are going on in your life. And so we are excited as always that you've joined us. Hope you share this with other people. Today, our topic topic is is a tough topic because it relates to all of us. We're talking about today living with regrets. Let me say it again, living with regrets. And Chris, uh, as I look to you, we were kidding before going on the air, uh, like we've never had any regrets, but we know that's not true. It's not. I know uh, some regrets may seem small. Some have a little bit more magnitude um, in them. Some of them, uh, you know, we... Uh, are easier to overcome than than others. And so hopefully today as we go through uh, this topic, we may uh, be able to touch base on uh, some of the regrets that people who are listening, um, uh, that it will be able to help them through whatever whatever God's teaching them in this moment. Uh, I know for me uh, with this subject, uh, it can be sensitive just because of the upbringing of, of wishing, you know, maybe I would have known God sooner or uh, being able to make things right earlier in life instead of being stubborn. And so a lot of that stuff just kind of flows through your head whenever you think about regret, um, whether you personalize it or look at it generally. Um, it, it can really scar you um, it, to keep you from moving forward. Well, and you you said something again before we came on the air about how our heart deceives us, uh, how our mind deceives us. And sometimes we don't even, it's like going to the doctor and not realizing what, what's going on. And so today I wanted to do this topic in the, uh, because I really believe that probably 80% of the people that, that I know that are living with regret are thinking they're living with other things. And those of you who are listening today, I hope you do this. I hope you, you don't in, in the first part say, boy, I wish so-and-so needed this. I, I'm, I want you all to know that Chris and I need this. Yeah, a lot of our mistakes or things um, and choices that we make over time uh, do uh, affect our decisions, whether we realize it or not, as you had said, uh, but also uh, whether we intend them to or not. And I think sometimes when we lose sight of God in our life or or even the examples that we see throughout Scripture that we'll talk through, um, a lot of the times we can see ourselves in those moments because we've, we've made the same decisions along the way. And then we were told this from the earliest of age, whether it's in a dysfunctional environment or even in a, in a Christian environment. I've heard this all my life. Uh, Tim Delina said this in a message recently at Times Square Church. Time, he said this, people say time heals all wounds. But you and I know that's not true. It's redemption and reconciliation uh, that, that heals the, the wounds. Because how many times do people come to their deathbed with regrets? I think more times than not, definitely. And uh, in, in for those who may not have the full concept of what repentance looks like or uh, redemption, um, then they hold those regrets, which only creates deeper scars over time instead of a plan of, of getting out of that or forgiveness or, or working that process out. Uh, recently, I was uh, in a texting thread with some buddies from college, and uh, we have a lot of banter going back and forth. Sometimes it's holy, sometimes it's not. We we're trying to progress, uh, and and we all went 60, to the 40. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Hopefully, it's higher than that. But 
sometimes we know how to press each other's buttons because we've been friends for a long time now. And uh, even this past week, I had to come around um, and, and apologize because I pressed a trigger uh, with one of them that, that just, it, it, it struck a nerve that was deep. And then when we talked through it and we worked through it, what I had found was is the reason that trigger was so deep is because in his life he hadn't dealt with that sin. And so he was still living in that mode of regret, and it was it was occupying his actions. And me uh, and, and, our, and our friend group, not realizing the deep um, pain that it was causing him, just thought it was a joke um, at first until he finally opened up about what was causing that animosity in his life. And sometimes... Um, and that, and that, the thing that was hurting him took place over 10 years ago. And so, and so for, for him to work through that now, it was a good thing because, um, he, he's finally understanding the redemption. And then for us as friends is being able to identify that in each other's lives so that we don't make that same mistake. And, and I know sometimes, uh, we're, we're hopeful that time will heal all wounds, as you said, but in reality, it doesn't. It can just deepen the scars because we suppress them and, and forget that they're there. They're, 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 this brings up a good point I want to interject at this point. Not all regrets are sinful. Correct. Uh, because sometimes think people, for example, a grandparent may have died. You were not there yeah. in that moment, and you have, have, have regret. Uh, and one of the articles that, that I researched, and, and I, I apologize that I cannot remember where it came from, but but the the author said said this. There's a tendency with regret to see the pathway you didn't take as better than the pathway that you regret, and so we we have to deal with them biblically and say, is this a sinful thing? Is this not a sinful thing? Is this a desire? Uh, not a desire. And uh, not and not only that, what what you may see with, as a regret, someone else may see as the devil's oppression, hmm. because you know. I, I'm not living the life I intended to live, and that's a good thing because I intend to live my own life, and Christ came into my life, and I think you'd say the same thing. Yeah, he radically changes your perspective um, on on how to live, and and uh, I think too, if we're not careful, we'll see success in others' lives, um, and, and 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 it really is God's special blessing on, on their life, and we're like. Well, what's keeping me from having that? Was it this decision I made or was it this action I did? And if we're not careful, we'll desire what we uh, aren't supposed to receive. And, and that can cloud and, and cause uh, regret in our lives as well. As you, as you listen to the podcast, you might be asking this question, how do I know if I'm living in regret? Well, here are some just some suggestions that I, that I wrote down, and I believe they're from Scripture. Actually, I, th- I know they are. And so here's some things. Number one, if, if every present moment brings up feelings from the past, you're living with regret. Secondly, uh, if every present failure in your life you blame on other people, you're probably you're in a habit of deferring. Some people think that things will just work out, Chris, but they don't on their own. No, they don't. Um, I can share stories where uh, it didn't necessarily work out, and my wife has helped give me a different perspective <laughs> in that. That's the beauty of, of God bringing us together. Yeah, our, our wives are really good at help, helping us to be reminded when we do the wrong thing. Let me, let me, go, let me go to another one. Uh, you never stay anywhere very long. People mm-hmm. who live in regrets move from thing to thing. Anytime a, a memory comes up, uh, they just just move it, and one of the characters in the Bible uh, that I was reminded of this morning in my quiet time 
Jacob was the master guy living with regrets. Yeah, I mean his his life was such a roller coaster that even at times you're like, man, how how did it make it through? Um, and and it didn't only affect him, but it also affected his family in a deep way as well. Well, which brings up for me that was a good segue because it brings up another uh, another characteristic of people who who have regrets. Uh, and, and it's this, you assume your success means you have no regrets. Mm. Uh, and that's that's a really a, a tough one because God chooses to bless Jacob's life. And, and I want to I read, read a scripture. And, and when Jacob, and if you know anything about scripture, Jacob is the younger brother by just a few moments to his older brother Esau. And from the very beginning, Jacob, whose name means deceiver, came out trying to, he had a hold of his brother's heel as he came out of the womb, and he was wanting to lead then, and he disobeyed God and became a, a rebel in his own way, trying to push his own will. But God came to him in his graciousness, and, and, and God said, said to him, Behold, I'm with you, and I'm going to keep you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised." And the scripture says that Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. One of the things that happens when people live with regret uh, is they assume that everything good has happened is their, their doing, and everything bad was somebody else's doing. And so the, the regret is a deception moment. And so some of you now are blaming what you're in on someone else, and we want to help you today. Time we come to the end, we're going to use two words. We're going to use the word redemption, and we're going to use the word reconciliation. That'll be the words we come to at the end. But as as you're listening, what are some regrets you would say, honestly, I have? What are some regrets that you say you honestly have? I came across a website where they were talking about regrets at death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of them was was relationships that they failed to get reconciled. That's a tough one. It is. I, I've, I find in, uh, in my life, even it's the what if moments. Like uh, when I was waiting for, uh, you know, Catherine and, and searching out a wife, I started thinking about the previous relationships I had and was thinking, well, what if I would have been a little bit more mature in that relationship? Would I still be with that person? Or what if I wouldn't have said what I said or done what I'd done? Would I still be friends uh, with those people, um, and and as I waited um, and and prayed diligently for a wife and a helpmate in ministry, it was in those moments that God reminded me that the timing was not there, and what He had was going to be better. And so, as I fleshed out those regrets, it wasn't um, should I have done better to that person so we'd still be together. It was I was being prepared for what He had as a blessing, and I just didn't realize it until it came. This is really good. Because I wrote it in my devotion this morning that when Jacob's journey, which is your, your we all have a similar journey because yeah. we're all born as sinners and we walk that journey. When God said those words to Jacob that I'm going to bless you and do these things, God was all in and Jacob wasn't. And, you know, I can say that for our lives that when you were wanting to get married and didn't know Catherine be part of the paradigm, God was all in, but you yeah. wasn't yet. No, I was still wrestling, yeah, um, and and trying to figure it out, and and uh, and I wish that all the decisions I made leading up to her were perfect ones, but they weren't. And and but but now that um, we're drawn together, and and we've been married for five years now, I can't imagine being with anyone else. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. It's not even fathomable. But the devil will always put in our minds 
this could have been better or that mm-hmm. could have been better. And folks, I hope you, you get this. To be at peace with God means that you've just got a clean slate because you're not perfect with that. Uh, if it's a relationship that you're living in regret with, which Jacob had a lot of that. He had a lot of junk. I, he, he says to God, if you go with me when I come back to this place. Now, what kind of deal is that? Yeah. If you go with me and I come back to this place, I'll worship you. It's kind of like if you just take care of me when I come back, I'll repent if I, if I happen to do any mess. And yeah. we all have mess. Yeah, it was like he was giving God an ultimatum. Yeah. Um, and and uh, for me, I, I look at it like that's a strong-willed person in that yeah. moment. But how many times in our lives have we given ultimatums to God uh, because we wanted a circumstance to work out in our favor or uh, when we weren't when we were seeing things through our heart's desire, not necessarily through his, um, then we're then it's easy to blame him when things don't go the way that we wanted to. You know, it's one of the most beautiful things, folks, to come to the end of a life and look back through. And, and the devil will always bring up things. This is part of the being reconciled and redeemed is that you can look back and say, yeah, there are things I regret, but what I did in 1989, I got right with God in 1994. So I can check that off my, folks, you, need, you, you can check that off your list. People often come to death, and, and things they've already dealt with, he brings right back up. That wasn't Jacob's deal. Jacob's deal was Jacob was going to go off, and he said to his dad, Dad, I'll go do what you want me to do. I think he had in his mind, it's not that long a journey. The journey of regret when it hurts the worst, folks, is when that you live a life apart from God, all these things begin to pile up. Uh, for example, one of the websites uh, uh, that I came across from about 2019, uh, Silas wrote, wrote, wrote an article taught, called Five Words to Stop You from Living with Regret. I'm not going to share those five words because they really are not redemptive. But the article in the first part listed five regrets that, that most people have. One is that they live with near-miss regrets. This almost happened. And, you know, if you fall in of Christ, there's no almost moments, are there? There's not. Um, and, and I think that's just trying to understand uh, what God's ultimate will is for each of us. Um, we <clears throat> sometimes want to interject our own self, and so we'll think through those near misses and and. We'll think that we played the significant role, but oftentimes things happen or don't happen because of the orchestration of God. Yeah. And so uh, just uh, being mindful of that. The second one that, that he listed was not only uh, near-miss regrets, but also feelings of responsibility. Uh, I, I, let me give you an example. Because our production manager, John Joseph, said that we need to give personal illustrations in this, and I want to do this. When, when I was a kid... Uh, on our school bus route, uh, there were two other kids that were older than me, and then they were they were they'd pick on younger kids, and somehow I ended up in their group not picking on me, but they included me in their group, and there was this this one kid that everybody picked on, and I was a part of that, and um, and the kid grew up, and I ran into him once, and he was now six foot four, and I'm five eleven, and I, and I, and immediately it came to my mind. This guy could get even in one moment, yeah. and we've all had those experiences. But what, it wasn't long after that he got in some very serious trouble, and I can remember having such such regret, like, did I contribute to that? And I can remember going to him and, and visiting him where he was and saying, man, I want to tell you that if I've done anything to contribute to where you are, forgive me. 
And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I was so thankful that in that moment he gave me grace. He said, oh, that's just things kids do. And so, but in a more serious ways, many, many people uh, find themselves feeling responsibility for maybe things that they were not even a part of. For example, how many, how many kids live with regret thinking that their parents' divorce was their fault? Yeah, I, I think not just the, that example, because um, sometimes uh, what's done in anger and what they're a part of, they feel like they're the contributing factor in that. Uh, but sometimes it could be um, with a sudden loss of life, um, whether it was, um, you know, <clears throat> taken um, unexpectedly or by the hands of the individual um, that the kid will look at and say, as you had said, um, did I contribute to this at all? Um, could I have been more encouraging? Could I have uh, done more so they would have not wanted to do that that action or in, in, in the instance of divorce with parents, could I have behaved better than would, you know, dad have stayed or mom have stayed? Um, and, and those actions or, or senses of regret, oftentimes, more than not, um, you know, aren't, aren't their fault. It's what if situations that at that moment they had no control over. Um, I think it's what the devil uses to contribute to the pain um, and, and make us feel worse about ourselves than than, than we should. Um, and there's a path, and we're going to get to that. Hang with us. Uh, there, there's a path that God wants us to walk or we can move beyond those things. But, you know, half the battle in anything, folks, is admitting you've got the problem. Yeah. And so some people some people live their entire life, and, and they defer and say, I really don't have regrets, but it, it eats at them in every relationship. Some people think it works itself out and it doesn't. Some, some people just, just live their lives blaming other people. But, but, you know, Jacob lived his life as if what he wanted to do was right. Uh, and, and, you know, he goes, he goes back because his dad told him, go, and he's a grown man, probably 30, 40 years of age, go, go back to, to your, your mother's family and find, find a wife there. And he, he goes and, and meets the family. And crazy enough, he says, I'll work seven years for your daughter to marry her. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Seven years is a long time to regret something. It is. And then after the seven years, what did his labor get him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the wrong one. And then he had to do even more labor on top of that. Yeah, Genesis 28 through 31 are the chapters. If you're like, where are these guys getting this story from? It's in the yeah. Bible. So at seven years, he, he gets drunk at, at the wedding party. Mm-hmm. Man, you got to be drunk. Yeah. you got to be drunk. And, and his father-in-law, because uh, he has an older daughter, he slips her in by the name of Leah, and he has a relationship with her. And the next morning, he wakes up with a hangover, and looks, and he's married the wrong woman. Yeah. Now, talk about real regret there, <laughs> or, or a big switcheroo. Um, and then, you know, in that in that situation, with that regret, it's I, I can only imagine with that stinging headache that he had, and, and the frustration when it's all settling in, like, oh no what have I done? Or, oh no, uh, what have I caused? Um, his heart still wasn't for her. It was for the one that he wanted. And so he would have to pay an even higher price than he ever intended to um, because of foolish actions along the way. Well, which, which brings up the, the, from the, the article that I read, uh, the, the third top regret that people have, which is lost opportunities. 
Jacob was still, in his illustration that we're using, was frustrated because he'd worked seven years and it didn't work out. Yeah. And so he's going to have to work another seven years uh, to be able to experience getting out of that. And even after that, he still had all that dysfunction that, that he lived with. And, and some, some people that, that you're listening today, maybe it's time you wake up and say, man, my regrets are because of my life decisions, not, not because of life itself. Hmm. Yeah, and with the, uh, uh, the flow of his life, um, it, we see the immediate impact it had on him then, but it also eventually caught up to his family and his sons later on in life. Uh, because you know he he begins having kids um, with Leah and and then as they build their family build their family then he gets to the one that he really loved and when those sons come along those become the favorites which causes a whole different turmoil for his family um, and and so <clears throat> the consequences of this um, would affect future generations well, down which, the line absolutely and which brings this up sometimes our living with regrets. We penalize yeah. other people who, who are not a part of the regret, mm-hmm. but we look at them as they are. And, and so that's difficult as well. It is. And, and the battle of his sons and, and, and how they worked through that was a, was a sign of what they received from their father. And so you're absolutely right in that, in that, um, that line of thinking of, of there's um, unintended consequences for others uh, when we're acting within this mode. And, um, and you may be today a 50-year-old child that are looking down on yourself because of somebody else's regret. And so today we would say to you, look at your beauty and who Christ made you to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, my heart breaks in my past, the things that my kids have had to do, they had to ride out with me. But at the same same time, they're who God made them to be. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, Chris, when you can encourage someone to say, hey, look at your life. Who's speaking into your life? And we've talked about that in other podcasts, and we need to let God speak into our lives. Yeah, yeah we do. And because of that, um, we can, you know, decipher what's the uh, right regret, what's the wrong regret, what's what's from God and what's not. Like in and sometimes, you know, our regret drives us to sin or it's because of sin. And then at times that we, we've talked about, our regret becomes because we missed opportunities or, or missed the right things. And we're like, okay, well, I, I can reconcile the right things. Uh, but ultimately, we want to reconcile all all regrets um, in, in any way that we can. Yeah, and, and Jacob Jacob is will come to a point 20 years later. And, and it, I, I did, the, did the math this morning. Uh, 20 years later, he, he, he wakes up one morning and God speaks to him and God says, it's time to go home. He's got 12, 12 boys and one daughter and thereby his two wives. And by the way, uh, each, each wife had, had a, had a servant or we use the word slave, a servant that they, they gave them to him and he went in and just slept with them. And so by these four women, 12 boys and one girl. And then on top of that, he's working for, for his uncle mm-hmm. all this time, and he has all these resources. And, and, and folks, listen to this. As you go through, through life and these regrets begin to pile up, uh, another one that's listed in this material that I'm reading now is that people regret the changeable decisions they could have made, but they waited too long. 
You know, you, you can't change something until you know you need to change something. Now, that's, that, that's no profound thing. But, it's, but when you wake up, the time, Chris, to change something is in the moment you realize it. Yeah, I, I think another picture that we see in Scripture is with Peter uh, near the end of, um, of Christ, and, and uh, he has a chance um, to say, yes, I belong to the way, or yes, I belong to him. Instead, he denies him three times, and, and, and Jesus had already foretold him he was going to do that, but when that rooster crowed, it all clicked in his head of what he'd done, and immediately, you know, he wept and, and, and repented and, and, and reconciled. And sometimes uh, for us to get through those type of mistakes, uh, I wish that a rooster would just crow and I would know, you know, that well, an audible, like, just call, you know, then, then I'd be like, okay, that's God. I need to, I need to fix this situation. So are you saying if you live on a farm, <laughs> yeah, that, that you will not have regrets? I'm telling you, I may, I may have to get into the rooster farming business, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, you got to have chicken along there, too. Yeah, that's, that's we'll a, see. That, that's the future farmers of America yeah. discussion. But here's the thing, folks, as you listen to this. And I've, we've listed these different things that are characteristics of regret. And and we just need to all say this. If you're, if you're driving in a car, you just need to say, God, I've got regrets. Yeah. Or you, if, you're, if you're at home, you may be saying, I got regrets or I've had regrets. But if God's reconciled that, you can say, praise be unto God. Jacob, here's the thing, though. Jacob had to come to a place where that he listened to God. And, and, folks, as we begin to transition in this time, I think we've proven now that yeah. we all are going to have those because we're sinners, and some of them are different regrets that we have because we're different people. Uh, some of you, it's in relationships. Some of it's in business decisions. Uh, some, some it, it's on, maybe only even a sports team that mm-hmm. you could have been. You've gone into this field of work or that field of work. But bottom line is, for most of us, it's connected to something sinful, uh, inside of us, and that was Jacob. But after 20 years, God spoke to him and said, Jacob, it's time to go home. And in that moment, I'm amazed that Jacob says, okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to get so low before you'll listen to God. In that moment, um, I think for for me, if I was looking at it from my perspective and, and what God's brought me out of, um, to get to that okay moment, um, is a, it's a surrendering moment of saying, all right, I'm, I know, you know, like it's, it's like, a when you're a child, um, and you do something wrong and your parent is, you know, constantly trying to help you through it. And then finally the light bulb just clicks like, you know, what I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking clearly. Um, this is what they meant by that. Uh, or like when we look at the prodigal son and his return home and the light bulb going off like a aha moment. Um, in his life and saying, you know what, what my father had was better uh, than what I could even imagine. Let me return home. Let me return to to what he would have for me. And so sometimes God uses those aha moments to restore us or, or bring us back to where he wanted us to be to begin with. So the rooster moment that we laughed yeah. about is the aha moment that, yeah. with God that says, he says through circumstance, through the word of God, uh, through a friend that, hey, you need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, and Jacob, he goes to his wives. The text says in Genesis 31, he goes to his wives and he says, God has spoken. Now I'm thinking, you've had all this dysfunction for 20 years and now you bring up God. 
but we discover as we read on through the chapter that God had been all in all the way. And so there was moments of conviction. And I think as you listen today that you would have to say, this is not the first time you thought about regrets. This is not the first time that you've wondered, can it be possible? Uh, uh, Back to Tim Delina, he said this in his message uh, on this particular text. He said this. He said, be guaranteed that God in his rhythms will from time to time bring you face to face with what you haven't dealt with. You know, Chris, you can't, you, can't, you can't live looking forward until you don't have anything dragging you back to the past. Is that true? It is very true. Um, I, I, and, it, and it looks different for different people, whether as we talked about relationship mistakes or, or circumstances uh, along the way. But if there's something that's, uh, I guess the perspective I would look at it is, um, if there's always something that's around like a ball and chain or, or always dragging you down, then the process of moving forward is always going to be continually slowed. I think it's sometimes why it makes it harder for us to share, you know, our faith or uh, makes it hard for us to uh, serve at, you know, the church that we grew up in uh, because we're like, well, they know everything about me. And and a lot of times it's because we haven't dealt with the things that we needed to. And so it hinders what what God could do in our lives in in those moments. And so if we're not careful that, um, that restriction or, or that that reminder from the devil will keep us from being faithful to God. It, it absolutely does. And, and that's Jacob came and realized that. And, and he began to go back home. But he still this, and I want you folks to hear this, reconciliation must be first with God. Mm-hmm. And when God reconciles something, he does a work of change in you and, and, and if you're not a Christian, this is going to be kind of weird because you're like, how does that happen? Well, the Bible says in, in 1 John 1 and 7, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Uh, in, a, in a secular article that I came across, Chris, that not even Christian, they understood this. They said, here are four ways to extinguish the fires of regret. And then, let me read them real quick. And, and then I, the fourth one is the one you're going to dive in on. They said, accept, accept that we all make mistakes. Focus on gratitude for what's been working. Embrace your personal strengths and get rid of the negative strengths. And then they said this, apologize Hmm. and forgive yourself. Who do you apologize to first? Yeah. I think for for me and in my perspective, the first thing that pops in my mind is to remember what Christ has done. Because Christ died for a million regrets um, and even more. I mean, think about, think about, uh, the thief on the cross uh, that was next to him. Think about what was going through his mind as he was processing there, watching Jesus getting nailed next to him um, on the cross, and he he calls out, and and Jesus says, well, today you'll be in paradise with me. I I still think in that moment as he's reflecting, all right, I'm, I'm about to take my last breath. Where did I go wrong? Why did I do this? You know, all these things, and then in that instant, uh, when he died, he was he was face to face in paradise uh, with with Jesus, and so um, that that cleansing of the regret comes in an instant when when we start working through the redemption process of of taking it to God and realizing that He'll hear us, um, that He'll forgive us, and that He ultimately heals us. And so, so we take this um, seeking of forgiveness or or um, reconciliation, however we want to call it, uh, we take this to, to God and, and we offer it to him knowing he's the only one that can provide that comfort 
and that healing that we're seeking after. Because sometimes people will not uh, forgive you. Uh, yeah. s- sometimes the person has died. Sometimes the circumstances has moved beyond. I mean, if you're 18 and you wanted to go in this field of, let's, let's say sports, because we love sports, uh, the field of sports, and now you're 49, you're not going to be able to go in that field because that, that season is gone. Yeah. And so sometimes the peace that comes is just that you made it right with God and you begin to look forward. Jacob was struggling with that. Jacob begins his way back, and, and he sends a delegation of, of people with food and their clothing and animals as a gift to his brother who that he had the big deal issue with that he had lied on his brother, stole from his brother. He just totally disregarded his brother. And Jacob was trying to deceive on the way back because he'd never fully reconciled it. And the Bible says that suddenly the servants come back and and he says, hey, am I cool with my brother? That's a loose translation. (laughs) And the servants say, well, he sent word to you uh, that he's coming and he's got 400 trained servants with him. Now, in his mind, Jacob's like, that's war. And sometimes we, we wrongly, when we hear the word apologize, that we've got to make, here's a word, restitution. Yeah. And what you've just said is that we take it to Christ, who alone can forgive us. Christ makes restitution to God by yeah. his blood on the cross. There are things that restitu- restitution cannot do yeah. with other people. If I, if I curse you, you'll forgive me, but I can never d- deal with that hurt. Only God can. Yeah. Yeah, the concept of forgive and forget. Um, well, I can, I can certainly forgive you as Christ has forgiven me, but the forgetting is the process that we're talking through working out because the scar is still there. Um, and so the wound, whether it's fresh or old, is still the wound. Um, and so, but it, it does begin the healing process when we take it to Christ and and offer it to Him, and uh, and then allow Him to work it out in our lives. But that pain, um, we would be foolish to say, just simply just vanishes. Though the longer that we're intertwined with God and and He's growing us to be in His image, the pain of those wounds, they they become less and less throughout throughout our years. And, and people want want that. But folks, listen listen to what he just said. It's with Christ because people yeah. often, uh, they, they miss, miss the process. Mm-hmm. They automatically think, i got to get this right. I've got to get this regret if it's with people. And so they're always feeding it toward people until you get it right with God, and he is now your advocate. Mm-hmm. It, it can never be right with somebody else. Jacob was so messed up that he divided his family, and, and, and if you look at he sends five different groups of people ahead of him to offer five different types of, of uh, reconciliation and gifts to Esau, and they come back every time and say, he's still coming, he's still coming. I know the closer you get to reconciliation of something and to deal with the past, the more anxiety there is, the more hard it is. But folks, listen to this, and, and Chris is going to speak to this in a second uh, from Scripture the Bible says that Jacob eventually sent all his family to the other side of a river, and he was there alone, and then God came and he wrestled with God. Mm-hmm. This process of, of getting beyond your regrets is you got to wrestle with God, don't you? Yeah, you do, because it's a wrestling between your own flesh and desire and, and what he would have for you. Um, and so it's all personal. 
Um, You know, you can't wrestle on someone else's behalf. I mean, certainly you can pray for them and hope for them and try to pour truth in them, but the wrestling is done by the individual themselves. And so you have to, you have to work through the process of um, what, what is him and what is myself? What would he have for me? And what do I want? Um, what's more significant of, or, or of value? Um, and, and then realizing at the end of the day, you ain't winning that battle uh, when, it, right. when it comes with him. And, and so when we humble ourselves and realize uh, through the wrestling process that he does have more for us or, or that he is the ultimate one that forgives and heals and, and grows us, uh, then that, that brings freshness or, or newness uh, in, in our perspectives as well. It, it does, and it, change, it changes everything. So I would say, folks, not just my opinion, but what speaking not for God, but as his representative quoting his word, the only way to get beyond regret is, first of all, to remember why regret came. Yeah. And that is there's a breach between God's plan and your plan mm-hmm. and your life. And so you want to get that right with God. And that's how I know that I'm going in the right direction when I realize my first sin is against God. I get that straight with God and say, God, you have a plan for me. And what Jacob would realize in days ahead, that in the midst of his not being all in, because God was all in, he was already working it out. I know this, Chris. I don't know how much longer I'll live in my life. Maybe a long time, maybe a short time. You say I'm old as dirt. So I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I believe this. If I stay on this path, I know this. If I stay on this path with God, he who began a good work, is faithful to complete on the day of Jesus Christ. And you can come to the end with no regrets. Yeah. And, and folks, this is why we did this podcast today is to say, you don't have to live with these things anymore. You, you need to tell the devil that there's things that you can't take care of, but God already did it at the cross. And that, and that is so amazing that God took care of it at the cross. And that night with Jacob, remember the Bible said he wrestled all night with God. And then it became daylight the next morning and the scripture says that he wouldn't let go. That's his pride. And the Bible says that God took his finger and just touched his hip. Again, this is a faith moment. And his hip was put out of joint. And in that moment, he let go and surrendered to God. And from that moment, the Bible says, he said, I'm changing your name now. I'm changing you from Jacob, which is a deceiver. And I'm changing your name to Israel, which means prince with God. And do you know that from that day forward, the children of Israel would never eat that part of an animal again because it, because it was their reminder that sometimes you have to get out of joint mm. and surrender before God can use you. And folks, and Chris will tell you this, and any, anybody that, that's been reconciled to God will say this, that the redemption part is is that you can live better yeah. because God has touched you. Yeah, it changes your whole perspective, your desires. Uh, and in that process, you'll start to re- realize that you know, some of those regrets were just uh, battles that, you know, Satan used to keep you from doing what God had called you to. And and so as I worked through those processes in my own life and others can attest to as well, uh, when you start growing in your faith and things start becoming more clearly because of the Holy Spirit, you realize that that it was foolish to have all of these things that were holding us back, all these anxieties or or what if moments um, you know, that we wish we could have done differently, um, and instead we'll move forward with well, what can I do now about it? Um, what can I do now as I move forward uh, to maybe not fall into that same trap, but but instead walk with God um, in the, in that process? And so um, for me, it's just being mindful uh, constantly of 
of how surpassing his grace is um, in my life that as I move forward, I'm not thinking, well, God's just ready to strike me down or, or do away with me, but he still has something for me. And, and as he reveals that to me through his word or circumstances, uh, then I can take uh, courage in knowing that uh, he's seeing it through and he wants to see it through in each one of our lives um, in that. And so I understand this, that the beautiful thing about scripture and, and reading these processes and, and seeing the heart of God is that he, he wants to be with his people. Um, he wants to work in their lives and the big things and the little things to get you out of where you are to where he wants you to be. And, and so we trust the process in that. So in that process, it's all God. Yeah. He, he redeems it. And so that means the blood of Christ has cleansed you. Uh, he's offered a sufficient payment to God. It's all forgiven mm-hmm. because he was all in. You surrender that to the Lord and that, that then you now are reconciled to God. And then to redeem it means it's, it's restored as if in the original position. Here's what I found, and I know you have to, that the, one of the beauties of redemption is, is that God can use your failure to help other people not to be failures. That's, it's, it's so important. And some of you can take this regret and turn it into something wonderful through a testimony. I think sitting down with a teenager and, and not beating them up as if they're stupid, because the truth is I was far more stupid than the kids of this day when I was that age. And, and I know you were because I've, I've talked, I've talked yeah. to other people. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing of it, Chris. You know and I know if you can just get them to listen, you can see where they're going. A redemption eye sees what I did in other people. Yeah, and then you don't look at them as mistakes but opportunities of grace and mercy because of what, what's already been extended onto you. Um, and I think a lot of uh, – when I talk to people about what it means to be a mentor or someone of influence, they're like, well, I don't, I don't really have uh, anything great to offer compared to like other people. Well, your story is pretty great if, if it's been redeemed by God because it, it points people uh, to his throne. But it, it also, uh, there's going to be someone, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, so there's going to be someone going through a circumstance that you went through um, it may look a little bit different because of the time we live in, but the concepts are still the same. And so you can give wisdom to them in that. You certainly do. And, you know, David understood that in his life when he'd sinned with Bathsheba. He said, God, if you'll restore to me the joy of this, yeah. this redemption, actually, he said, I promise, you to te- I promise you I'll teach sinners the error of my way, and I'll teach them to follow you. And, folks, yeah. as you listen today, let God use your regrets for redemption for you, reconciliation, and redemption for other people. Because in my own family, my mom had been married twice before she met my dad. And both of them were very short marriage she was in, a lot of, a lot of backstory. But I can remember my mom emphasizing to me, Chris, all along, wait for the right person. Yeah. You wait for the, just like you did. You, you, you waited, and we all about gave up. You <laughs> no, no, we did You waited. I was 25 before Sherry and I. Uh, married. She was 23. And, and I would say, say to anybody, learn from other people who have followed the process in the right way. And because the people are still that are bitter are not following the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was 27 and Catherine was, oh my goodness, 24. So I understand that process. And so uh, as you listen today, hopefully you were encouraged. Um, and hopefully uh, this will be something that, you know, gets the wheels turning. 
Uh, but there but there may be some things that you're dealing with that you need additional help and uh, we want to extend that that hand um, of helping to you and so you can reach out to us um, through uh, our church's website at jacksonfec.com you can email us at 315 at jacksonfec.com you can reach out on our social media platforms uh, and, and if you're not local to us, we can help find you a local church that can help work through some of the regrets that you uh, that you may have. Uh, but regardless, we would all hope that, uh, that we would work towards a plan of redemption. And so again, thank you for listening. Uh, you can share this uh, podcast um, and, and you, we're all over the different pla- uh, podcast platforms. So whatever that person listens to more than likely uh, we're going to be on there and so you can just send them the link um, and encourage someone else Uh, thank you for listening we hope that you have a blessed day